Hello, my little darklings. There is exciting news afoot. For those of you listening to the audio-only podcasts, the new Paranormal 60 Network is up and running, and here is what you can expect to hear every week. Every Monday, you'll be able to hear Ray and Jeff with episodes of New England Legends. Tuesday, the Paranormal 60. Wednesday, the Searchers Podcast. Thursday, Paranormal 60 News. And now, Fridays, you'll be able to tune in to True Hauntings with Ann and Renata. Monday through Friday, we are jam-packed with the best in paranormal programming, and we're only getting better. I'm Dave Schrader, and this is the Paranormal 60 Network. Uh, how well did you know him? Uh, not all that well. You? Uh, me neither. Like you, I was mostly friends with his son. Yeah, yeah. Still, I'm glad we're here, you know, showing support. A well-attended funeral means a lot to the grieving people. And here comes the rain. Yeah. <laughs> now it's perfect. You know, we should probably get going anyway. We actually have another grave to visit today. Okay, where's the other grave? We're heading out to Chester, Massachusetts to find a unique tomb that dates back to 1873. They say the man inside wanted to be buried above ground so the devil couldn't get him. Hello, I'm Jeff Belanger, and welcome to episode 291 of the New England Legends podcast. And I'm Ray Osier. Thanks for joining us on our mission to chronicle every legend in New England one story at a time. Did you know most of our story leads come from you? This one did. Thank you to Gail Escala for sending it in. If you've got a strange tale you think we should check out, feel free to contact us anytime through our website. Now, before we go searching for this one-of-a-kind tomb in Chester, we want to take just a minute to tell you about our sponsor, New Audi Herbals. Jeff, do you ever feel like the world is getting too faceless? What do you mean? Well, you know, you you buy things online from other countries made by machines. They show up at your doorstep. It seems so impersonal. That's part of the reason we're proud to have Nuati Herbals as a sponsor. They've been in business for 20 years right here in the USA. They started by making their all-natural teas, balms, and other products by hand. And though the volume of products they make has increased exponentially, there's still a real-life person packaging each and every product. And Rod and Kimberly love it when you email or call them with questions. Or if you're looking for suggestions, go ahead and reach out to them through their website. Tell them Jeff and Ray sent you and ask them which of their products might be right for you. Let Nuati Herbals help support your healthy lifestyle. Check out the Nuati Herbals website to see all of their great products. And you get 20% off your order when you use promo code LEGENDS20 at checkout. Visit NuatiHerbals.com. That's N-U-W-A-T-I Herbals with an S dot com. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run? Maybe take a nap? Read a book? Or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. 
when I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get better help. Visit betterhelp.com slash p60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash p60. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp.com slash P60. There's a link for it on today's program guide. So we're heading out to Chester, Massachusetts, out in the western part of the state. I found a few fun facts about the town of Chester. Mm, Let's hear it. Located northwest of Springfield, the town was first settled in the 1750s, then incorporated in 1783. On August 2nd, 1975, temperatures reached 107 degrees Fahrenheit, Hmm. which is the highest temperature ever recorded in Massachusetts. On January 12th, 1981, temperatures in Chester fell to negative 37 degrees Fahrenheit, which is the lowest temperatures ever recorded in the state. Okay. This makes Chester one of only three towns in the United States to hold the record high and record low temperatures for this state. So Chester is a town of extremes, Mm. which makes sense considering the grave we're going to go visit. Uh, Ray, have you ever thought about your own final wishes for when it comes to your turn to be a ghost? Um, I'd like to be cremated. Yeah, me too. You know, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. I mean, cremated after my friends use my corpse for some kind of weekend at Bernie's adventure, of course. (laughs) I know. That makes total sense. Uh, Okay. Uh, We're almost here. We're going to bang a left onto Maynard Road. All right. Got it. And we can park over there on the left near the trailhead. Okay. This doesn't look like a cemetery at all. No, there's nothing typical about the grave we're going to go visit. It's not even in a graveyard. Let's uh, head up the trail over there. It's a good day for a hike. The hill is pretty gradual, and uh, the trail is well-groomed. Almost looks like this could have been a road at one time. This is more of a stroll than a hike, really. This is a a pretty well-wooded area. I mean, there's trees everywhere. It looks like lots of forests here in the Berkshires of western Massachusetts. So we're keeping our eyes peeled for a big boulder. All right. Well, there's a large one coming up on our left. Is the grave near the boulder? Not exactly near the boulder, so much as in it. Inside the boulder? (laughs) That's what they say. Uh, Okay, yeah, I see the big rock you're talking about. Let's check it out. This boulder sticks out. Yeah, it does, but uh, this isn't our rock. There's no markings on it at all. Let's keep going. Okay, there's there's another one coming up right there. Yep. So these are glacial boulders. Uh, these rocks were carried here by glaciers thousands of years ago from further north and just dropped here. And uh, hey, maybe this is our boulder. Let's get a little closer. Okay. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Wow, look at that. Yeah. This boulder is about the size of a large van, maybe even a small house. Mm-hmm. Looks a lot like the other boulders up here as far as size, shape, and color. But there's a flat front face to this one, and there's an inscription like you'd find on a headstone. It says, The Grave of Hiram Smith, 
born September 2nd, 1794, died February 21st, 1873. And just below that is another inscription. That one says, Isabel Toogood, died February 12th, 1869, age 84. So there's two graves inside this boulder. Yeah, that's right. And they did this because they were afraid to be buried in the ground because the devil might get them? <laughs> That's the story that some people will tell you. Now, I can tell you that Isabel was Hiram's sister, and this was all once Hiram's land. Now, to find out how these two got inside, let's head back to 1865. It's May of 1865, and we're standing on the Chester, Massachusetts farm of Hiram Smith. Hiram is 70 years old. Though he's getting long in the tooth, he's still strong enough to work his farm, but old enough to feel his mortality. Hiram's farm is nestled in a pretty spot here in the rolling hills of the Berkshires. There's pastures on his property with various boulders sprinkled around, plus clumps of trees here and there. Hiram lives on the farm with his older sister, Isabel Toogood, though he affectionately calls her Izzy. It's natural when you get older to think about your mortality, where you'd like to be buried and things like that. But it's fair to say Hiram is obsessed. The problem is he can't shake a childhood memory. He relives the vision in his dreams and thinks about it when he's awake. As he's gotten older, the memory is only intensified. Way back when Hiram was a five-year-old boy, he had to accompany his mother, Elizabeth, to a funeral. It had been raining hard for a while, and the ground was soaked and muddy. Walking through the cemetery was slippery. The minister said his blessing over the casket and the awaiting grave. We therefore commit this body to the ground, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. But as the minister says his blessing, young Hiram stares at the hole dug for the casket. The muddy dirt, the finality of it all. But what's worse is that there's so much rain that the grave is filling with water. Some men with buckets try to bail out the water so the casket can be lowered inside. All the while, young Hiram just stares. Finally, the casket was lowered, and it bubbled as the water began to seep inside, finally sinking the casket to the bottom of the watery, muddy hole so it could be buried. That experience rattled Hiram for life. The idea of the body drowning before burial. The mud. The rain. He told others about his fears, too. One day, not too long ago, Hiram accompanied Dr. Thaddeus DeWolf on his rounds. Hiram confessed that he didn't want to be buried in the ground, and he wanted to do something about that, but worried the people in the town would think he's crazy. Dr. DeWolf assured him he wouldn't be the first person to request an above-ground crypt for burial. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there's other examples of above-ground tombs. We see them all the time in cemeteries mm. all over. I mean, I guess each person has their reasons for wanting something like that. Now, what makes today different is that today, Hiram decides he's going to do something about it. While scanning the horizon of his pastures and property, he notices one particular boulder on the hill. The boulder is huge, left here by a glacier thousands of years ago. It's got a particularly flat face on the side, and the view from the boulder is spectacular. You can look down the hill and see an incredible panorama of the middle branch of the Westfield River. And that settles it. Hiram hires some stonemasons who get to work chiseling and carving out a chamber into this boulder. The work continues for days, weeks, and then months. It doesn't take long for word to spread around Chester as to what Hiram Smith is up to. And folks get curious. 
<laughs> Look at that. A young man and woman came here with a picnic lunch to watch the Masons chisel at the stone. <laughs> and, and others come by to check the progress, too. I wow. mean, this is entertainment for Chester. This project is really becoming the talk of the town. Two years. It takes two years for skilled Masons to carve a tomb seven feet and two inches deep, four feet, five inches tall, and a little over five feet wide. But there it is, complete. And now it just needs an occupant. It's February 12th, 1889, when Hiram's sister Izzy dies at 84 years old. But Hiram can't bring himself to put his sister's body in the ground either. He decides she'll join him in his stone crypt when his time comes. And Hiram's time comes almost four years to the day after Izzy's. Hiram passes away February 2nd, 1873, at 79 years old. Hiram and his sister are placed into the stone sarcophagus, and the stone masons get to one last task. They save the stone face of the rock to put back into place over the coffins. They carve an epitaph into the stone and seal it up forever. Hiram left enough money in his will to maintain the road up to his tomb so people in town could visit. And that brings us back to today. That well-maintained road is long gone at this point. More of a path, really. I'm guessing the money or interest ran out many decades ago. So this boulder makes a lot of lists of oddities in Massachusetts, but no one seems to know much beyond the legend of him being afraid of being buried below ground because that's where the devil dwells. I guess it's easy to make up stories when you don't have much to go on. So we learn most of our information from an August 3rd, 1989 Berkshire Eagle newspaper article written by Dorothy W. Chapman. As the article points out, every few years this boulder makes the news because enough time has passed since the last article explained everything. So most of the source material came from Sarah DeWolf Gamwell. Is that the same DeWolf family as Dr. Thaddeus DeWolf, who we mentioned in the story? Yeah, that's the one. And so Sarah was Thaddeus's daughter. And she mentioned how Hiram intended to be buried dressed in all white to go up to heaven after he's gone. Her old notes and journals also noted the story of young Hiram witnessing the grave filling with water. Yeah, that image would leave a mark on me, too. As far as Hiram's sister being buried with him, uh, considering she died four years earlier, she may not have had any say in the matter. What's unclear is where the body was stored for four years. It's a little unclear if she was entombed first or if she had to wait so they could do it all at once. It's amazing how some of these mysteries get lost to time. But the boulder and grave remains. The view of the river is long gone because a forest grew up where the pasture once was. The former road is now a trail. But the legend remains. And this rock will be here for the ages. And unless you know the backstory, if you hike by, you may wonder what would cause a person to go through so much trouble in such a remote place. You may even find yourself wondering if maybe it's a little safer being buried above ground for all eternity. Or until the next Ice Age. (laughs) Good point. And that brings us to After the Legend, where we take a deeper dive into this week's story. And sometimes we veer off course. After the Legend is brought to you by our Patreon patrons. It's just three bucks per month. That's like buying me and Jeff a greeting card. Not one of the expensive ones that play music. No. Just the cheap ones you find in the grocery store. But that little goes a long way in helping us with our mission. And for that, you get early access to new episodes, plus bonus episodes and content that no one else gets to hear. Just head over to patreon.com slash New England Legends to sign up. We'd appreciate it. Hey, if you'd like to see a picture of the stone grave, just click on the link in the episode description or 
head to our website and click on episode 291. So um, I remember when I was a kid, we had some very deeply religious neighbors. Mm. Oh, I grew up with a few. Yeah. And my dad at one point was, was digging in the yard to put some like shrubs in and stuff. And the, the, there was this stone that was unearthed and the kids were sure it was the devil. Like, oh my gosh. like they ran home saying like they're, they're digging to get, let the devil out. Um, and so, you know, I know that sounds silly and of course it's silly. I mean, you look at their yard, like, how do you think those trees were planted in your right. yard? Right. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, the devil's a force to be reckoned with. We've done many stories sure. on devil's footprints, uh, yeah. devil, you know, devil in new England here and there devil's bean pot. Remember mm. that one <laughs> up in New York? Oh Hampshire. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, he's a force to be sure. So when someone suggests, I don't want to be buried below ground because that's where the devil lives. It's, it's not that, I mean, it's not that crazy. No, but by that logic, wouldn't every tree be the devil? Wouldn't every basement be yeah, right. the devil's playground or whatever? I mean, if it, anything that's underground, really yeah. worms, right? the devil's pet. Where does it end? Right. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it just comes down to us getting superstitious and nervous sometimes. Um, but we are definitely obsessed. However, um, one of the points we pointed out is that this is not the first above-ground crypt by a long no, shot. No, you see yeah. them all the time. Tons of time. Yeah. And they, they they predate this, you know, they go back centuries. Yeah. Um, but now I wonder what makes someone say like, no, 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 no. I want to be in the above ground thing. Is it just more visible or is it something else? I think it's the, uh, the presentation. You know what I mean? Like it's above ground. You can see it more. You can find it in a graveyard. Yeah. It's that structure right over there. Right. Um, yeah. There's hundreds of headstones, but like two crypts. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So that, that person must be pretty special. Right. Or just really scared of going to hell. <laughs> going underground. <laughs> uh, no, and I, I get that. Um, you know, funeral habits. And, and also, when he died, this was Civil War era. Mm. And that was a time when people were worried about being buried alive. We've yeah. covered those stories. And so, um, you know, this whole thing about what you do with your death was, was very much on people's minds. Embalming was just becoming a thing. Right. You know, the idea that you'd get all the blood sucked out of you and replace it with chemicals. <laughs> we weren't too keen on science at the time, really. You know it what is, I mean? Like, coming there's been a lot of developments since. <laughs> right, yeah. Where, I, you know, you believed more in legends and traditions and what the, uh, what the, the, the mean uh, priest told you on right. Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. Because they were, I mean, they were scary back then. Even yeah. in the 70s, we had a scary priest. Yeah, and you believed everything they said. Yeah. And really, their job was to scare you into religion. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. No, um, uh, total side note, because we do veer off course. This past weekend. I, <laughs> I got, like how we warn everybody about that. <laughs> right. This, this will happen. This is going to happen. Uh, my my nephew got confirmed. I saw a picture of you in church. church. So, so, and for some reason, that made me nervous. I don't know. Uh, so I, I went up front. The bishop was there. You right? took a selfie. I took a the, selfie with the of bishop. Of his back, too. Of, <laughs> so I'm right behind the bishop. So it's just me with his hat, right? And... Uh, it's I put it up on Facebook and, and Instagram and things like that. And, and I feel like the Catholics laughed, but also had a little bit of, Ooh. I would suggest getting buried above ground after that picture, just <laughs> in case. Thank you for bringing it back. Uh, <laughs> something else we've learned, by the way, through all these adventures we've had over the years. Uh, one way to be remembered forever is to have a unique, weird headstone. Yeah. Right. That uh, too. Uh, persecuted for wearing a beard. Right. Right. Remember that was one. <laughs> yep. And uh, there was um, this one in Connecticut about, you know, um, 
being struck by lightning. Yeah. You know, we covered that story. Um, so I want, to, I want to say there was one that was like kind of laughing at everybody that was reading it. Like, well, I'm here and you're still living in that horrible world or yeah, something like that. There's um, the, the cursed grave of Mary C. Delency on Cape Cod that said, you know, may eternal damnation be upon them and theirs and wailing port. And, you know, like it, this, this, if you have a memorable epitaph, yeah. instead of just like, Ray, beloved father and husband, right? It's like, no, just something funny. And we will talk about you for centuries. Well, do you remember doing your high school yearbook quote? Your senior oh, quote? Right, right. See, now it's it's time for us to be thinking of that. Not the quote from the high school yearbook, <laughs> the, the, our epitaph now. The eternal quote. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the one from high school stays with you for a long time. You look at the, yeah. you're like, oh, I was that guy then. Yeah. Now we have to think about who we're going to be remembered when we're like 80. So, or 90. So Ray's grave is going to say like Leonard Skinner forever. <laughs> like Who? Who's Leonard Skinner? <laughs> oh, that would be funny if we just have to use our high school, <laughs> high school yearbook you're quotes. Stuck. Yeah. I don't uh, even know what mine was. Joe Seinfeld's going to be on forever. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Who's Seinfeld? Uh, at some point that's, um, that's how it goes. So uh, this, this was sent to us. Uh, Gail sent it to Thank us. Thank you, and, Gail. And she said, I don't even know if there's enough here, but there's this weird grave. It's in a stone out in the woods. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's a good start, you know? And there's just not much online. It's listed in so many places about, um, you know, th- this that, it, that it's there and it's in the woods and it's strange, but very few have, in fact, none. We had to go in the newspaper archives to find the article that actually explained it. The Chester Historical Society uh, had the notes and the information on it. Uh, and it's true. Th- this happens with stuff, right? So someone does a story mm. and everyone goes, oh, that's cool. That explains it. And then years go by and everyone forgets that story. And yeah. they go, why is that stone there with the, the graves on it? And then they'll go back and they'll listen to Do some episode 291 of the New England Legends podcast and say, I know why. And we got 20 minutes out of this. So Not bad. nice job. Thank you, Hiram Smith. Appreciate it. Please be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts because we don't want you to miss a thing. Also, when you post a review, it helps other people find us. And remember that these stories are meant to be shared. So please tell a friend or two about them or suggest that your local independent radio station carries the show. You're how we grow and find new stories. We'd like to thank our sponsor, New Audio Herbals. Thank you to our Patreon patrons and our theme music is by John Judd. Till next time, remember, the bizarre is closer than you think.